Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock a Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Hey there, everyone. How are you doing today? Hopefully you're doing great. Uh, Lisa here, as usual. And again, I always want to say good morning because I tend to record these in the morning, but it may not be morning where you are. But... Today is not a great day for me. I woke up really salty. And um, so first of all, let me back up a little bit. My son had a follow-up appointment. As many of you know, he had brain surgery several weeks ago. And we had a follow-up appointment. And his team is, is just really enthused about the progress he's making and how well he's responding to the NeuroPace device. In addition to that, you know, I have to drive from, I live in the suburban Philadelphia, and I have to drive from suburban Philly up to New York City for these trips. And that can be, um, uh, I don't know if it's stressful. It doesn't stress me out, but it's tiring. You know, it's it's 130 miles for me one way. Um, And the funny thing is, is if you're familiar with New York City, um, I can make it, basically I can make it from my house to the Lincoln Tunnel I can count on two and a half hours to get there. And then from the Lincoln Tunnel, my phone always tells me that Mount Sinai is only six miles away. But that six miles, I can do it in 20 minutes, and I have done it in 20 minutes. But it's also sometimes taken me up to two hours to go that six miles. So it's it just wears on you. But anyway, the past two trips we've taken to New York City... I have just sailed right through the Lincoln Tunnel, like never going below 40 miles an hour, which is, trust me, it's a huge accomplishment. If you drive in New York City, you know that that's a huge accomplishment. Um, So we've been having, even though we've been driving up to New York City quite a bit, I've just had a tremendous amount of luck with traffic. I should knock wood because that guarantees that I will get stuck next time. But anyway, so I was really happy about the appointment, really happy about you know, it just wasn't as stressful a day. Um, I've been making it up there and back full visit um, in eight hours, which is, it's a long day. But that has also included side trips. We try to make it fun. So we've stopped at, there's this place in Trenton that is the oldest continually operating pizza place that we like to stop at just because it's fun and I love pizza. Um, but our, our trip this week, we went to the Cake Boss place in Hoboken. Um, and Hoboken is only about five miles from New York City. So, so we did that. So I'm feeling really good because, okay, we had this great trip. We got to go to Cake Boss and, and he would know he wasn't there, but you know, they still have such great things. Um, come home. And then of course I wake up the next day and it's World Autism Day. Yippee-ki-yay. World Autism Day, April 2nd. 
for those of you who have kids with autism and you're kind of immersed in that community, um, you probably know that there's just a lot of, I hate when they say this, this is a controversial issue, um, on the news, but there's just, there is actually a lot of controversy around autism awareness day and autism awareness month because it originated by autism speaks. They were the ones who kind of set, set the day. Um, and there are many, many, many people with autism and in the autism community who dislike autism speaks. And honestly, if you go, um, and just Google, uh, autism speaks boycott, you'll, you'll find more information than, than you can read in a day. Um, including the fact that they, they, and they, by they, I I mean the people at Autism Speaks, they give actually very little money to people with autism. They kind of just exist to exist and that their fundraising only exists to perpetuate the organization and it doesn't do too much for people with autism. They also have consistently perpetuated and promoted negative stereotypes about autism and really made autism out to be a horrible thing. Um, If you look up the YouTube, I think it's called Seven Minutes with Autism or A Day in the Life of Autism. If you look that up, it's a horrible, horrible video. I'll just warn you right now that there's trigger warnings for a lot of people. And it just, they just have really consistently portrayed our kids and people with autism in a very negative light. They also have made it very clear that they are not interested in having people with autism on their board, or if they did, it was a symbolic gesture and putting them on the board and weren't at all interested in listening to what they had to say. Um, and the, the leading example of that is if you look up John Elder Robison, he's the guy who wrote, he's, he's on the spectrum himself, and he wrote that book. His most famous book is Look Me in the Eye. Um, he joined their board, was invited to join their board of directors, and he had quite the falling out with him, with them. So I would encourage you. So anyway, there's all this negativity. I don't even want to say it's controversy because to me, there's no controversy about it. Autism Speaks sucks. You shouldn't be supporting them. Please don't send them any money. I do know I have friends who get grants from them. And hey, that's great. If you, you know, if you need a grant for a camp or respite or whatever it is, you know, a device and they're giving you a grant, you know, take it. You got to do what you got to do. But please don't send them any money. Please don't light it up blue because that's their symbol. Um, Folks with autism have made it very clear that they do not want Autism Speaks supported, nor do they want to be considered a puzzle piece. Um, Autism Speaks also has said that the reason that they chose blue was because autism mostly affects boys. And that is just really, really antiquated thinking. And um, we know that that's not necessarily the case. We just know that autism presents itself differently in girls. Girls have a much higher risk of going on undiagnosed and, um, and struggling with it a lot more just because the expectations are different. So anyway, so that's, so you wake up on April 2 and you have to decide like, ugh, like, do I even want to support this day anyway? I, I understand that now it has become a day that, you know, like the United Nations 
um, they recognize it and they usually do something. Um, and you, but you just kind of wake up like thinking, well, people with autism, and those are the folks we need to be listening to, people with autism don't, don't want us supporting blue or anything else. Um, so should I? I've just always taken the stance that um, it's an opportunity for me to educate others on dupe 15 because that's what my, my child has. It just so happens that the dupe 15 folks have chosen blue as their color. Um, I actually wore a pink dupe 15 shirt. I did send Kevin to school in his blue dupe 15 shirt. But as far as I'm concerned, it's just about a chance to promote dupe 15 and educate people on that. Then I was trying to convince my other son, my non-disabled child to wear a dupe 15 shirt and he wouldn't, which it's, it doesn't matter what it was. Just, he's just not going to listen to me cause he's 10 and he doesn't want to do what I ask him. And I said, that's fine. And, and I said, did your school say anything? Did they ask you to do anything? And he said, no. So then I went online to our elementary school Facebook group and I, you know, my son has a private placement, so he's not in the, my disabled son is in a private placement. So I asked in the group, you know, are we doing anything for World Autism Day? Did any, did, you know, I didn't see anything go home. And the only reason that this kind of, kind of stuck me, grinds my gears, struck me as odd is that we received several emails to as reminders to wear crazy socks for March 21 for, you know, knock your socks off day or rock your socks day for Down syndrome. Um, we received several emails for that. And we even <laughs> received an email for Philly's opening day. And it said, you know, tomorrow's opening day. Please wear a Phillies shirt or a baseball shirt or something to acknowledge the Phillies opening day. I can't stand baseball. I think it's a boring as hell but um so anyway that's just what 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 kind of stuck me is that okay really like we're gonna tell our kids to we're gonna acknowledge philly's opening day but we're not gonna acknowledge world autism day right so i asked in the facebook group and pretty much a bunch of the moms piped up and said no i haven't heard anything um a few did hear something but it seemed to come from the teacher level and not from the administration level um, nothing was sent home, you know, no emails, like I said, you know, like we did with Phillies and Down syndrome. So, okay, whatever. Um, but then, like, I was working, it was kind of a yucky day here yesterday, so I was trying to get some work done, and because I work from home, and because I work alone for the most part, yeah, I pop on Facebook a lot, because it's many days the only adult interaction I get. So I pop on Facebook a lot, and obviously I have a lot of friends whose kids have dupe 15, they have autism, they have other disabilities, because that's just how we live. Um, and many of them, I mean, some of some of my friends are sorority sisters from college, and it just so happens that we both have a son with autism. So it's not necessarily that I've even sought these people out based on disability, it's, it's that... Um, you know, we were friends anyway, and we just seemed to have this commonality. But anyway, some parents, many parents, other pages that I follow, I just saw so much ableism and so much negativity 
that it really just dragged me down. Um, I've tried to unfollow pages that do that. The only uplifting thing that that came through my feed yesterday is if you go to the Facebook page, Autistic Not Weird, um, they did a series of posts yesterday on 50 ways to really help people with autism. Um, and I, I, they're a first person disability site. And what that means is I, I really try to follow a lot of pages and a lot of blogs that are written by people who are actually disabled themselves. Those are the people we need to be listening to. Parents shouldn't necessarily be deciding the message to send about autism because I just saw so much negativity, so much, you know, perpetuating of stereotypes of, you know, oh, we're struggling, we're suffering, and autism is such a burden, and oh, woe is me. And I find that moms and mom bloggers are some of the biggest offenders of this. I mean, there are some blogs out there who have really built up their entire network and audience based on crying and, oh, woe is me, over their child's autism. And, you know, I have a few hundred Facebook friends. I think most people I know have at least a hundred, between a hundred and I, you know, a couple thousand friends. And how you meet this, these people that are your Facebook friends varies now that, you know, many of us have been on Facebook for, you know, as long as 10 years. And you might have that high school friend who you don't talk too much. You might have, you know, I have a friend who, um, we've been to several activities and events together, but we don't generally socialize. We just both are very active members of the Democratic Party and the Democratic organization in our county. So we have very similar political views and, and we do these fundraisers and these campaign events and, and things like that together. And that's really the only way I know her. She's significantly younger than me and she's a newlywed. And I genuinely like her. But she commented today about, you know, I love when you post this stuff. Because to her, I might be the only autism parent she knows. And I think that some parents don't realize that. They think that they're posting it for them or they think that they're posting it for only their autism friends. But you have that person who you maybe don't even really interact with, might be a distant coworker, like I said, a high school classmate, um, you know, people you just meet at events and you just become Facebook friends and you don't necessarily see their stuff all the, <laughs> all the time. But we send the message. Whether we like it or not, we are ambassadors for the disability community. But just like political ambassadors don't necessarily get to decide their message, we don't necessarily get to decide our message. Our experience is our experience. And I do have struggles. We do have struggles due to my son's disabilities. But the struggles aren't because he's disabled. 
the struggle is because our society isn't set up for him. That's the struggle. You know, when we went to the Cake Boss Bakery, it's not handicap accessible. You can't get a wheelchair in the front door. I've never asked. I don't want, I don't want to badmouth them. Maybe they would have let me in the side or the back. I've, I've been there several times, and I've, I've honestly never asked. But you cannot get in the front door in a wheelchair. Um, but that's not my son's fault. It's not his fault that he needs a wheelchair. It's the bakery's fault that their front door isn't wheelchair accessible. And that's how we need to start looking at things. Being disabled is not the tragedy. The tragedy is how we treat people with disabilities. And our kids are listening. Regardless of how disabled your child is, how nonverbal or, um, you know, communication struggles, intellectual struggles, processing struggles, they're listening. And you don't know what all that they hear and process. But when it comes to our IEP teams, you know what we say? We say presume competence. And we need to do the same at home. We need to presume competence. You need to presume that your child is hearing and seeing and feeling everything that you say in front of them. And when we tell them that, or we tell others that autism is a burden, they hear that. They feel that. They internalize that. And we know this because, again, go back to the first-person disability blogs or the actually autistic blogs, and they'll tell you. They feel this. I don't like a lot of what Dr. Phil says, but I do end up usually watching 15 minutes a day or or so of his um, show because I only get two channels. We don't have cable. Um, And so I put it on while I'm sitting in my front room waiting for Kevin's van every day. Um, And like I said, I don't, I don't agree with a lot of what he said. And and in fact, just recently he said some pretty um, disparaging things about people with disabilities. But he does have a, a, a good couple of quotes and sound bites every now and then that I internalize and I take with me. And one of them is that he often says to parents that home is supposed to be your soft place to land. And it's just so true. You know, at home, you want to be able to be who you are, have people accept you unconditionally. And where you can just let your hair down, let your feelings be known, all of it. It needs to be your soft place to land. And if kids are hearing from their parents that there's one part of them that they don't like, or there's just one part of you I wish you didn't have, they hear that, they internalize that. And I had someone say to me yesterday, well, I don't celebrate my child's seizures. 
So I'm, I'm not going to celebrate their autism either. And there's a huge difference there. Autism, vision impairments, deafness, intellectual disabilities, those things by themselves do not cause death. Seizures do. Heart conditions do. Cancer kills people. Autism by itself does not kill people. I was so grateful to see some of my friends wearing shirts and putting kids on their, putting shirts on their kids that, you know, embrace neurodiversity because that's what this is. It's a neurological condition. It's not an illness. We need to really get it out of this whole like disease mentality. You know, if, if you look up the, and I'm talking about the clinical definition of disease, but it's, it's a disease by clinical definition. I would say it's not a tragedy that my son can't talk or read or write. The tragedy is that so few people in our society will take the time to learn how to communicate with him. The tragedy is that our society has pretty much decided that if you can't read and write, you have very little value. Awareness is bullshit. Let's, let's, you know, it's no more awareness, really. Is there a person in the United States who doesn't know that autism exists? We need to move toward acceptance, not awareness. Awareness is not the key word here. Acceptance. Everybody's aware that autism exists. People just want to be accepted, whether it be their race, their religion, gender, disability. We need to just accept each other, regardless. We need to reach out. So anyway, that's my rant on April. I don't know. Do we need a day or a month to hash this out? Are we just in a rough patch? The autism community has created a movement that you might want to look into. And the letters AU are the chemical symbol. Is that what it's called? The chemical symbol chart? I don't know. I haven't had to memorize it since high school. It's a long time ago. Um, but the, the letters AU is the symbol for gold. So they've adopted gold as their color. And they call it Autism Awareness Awareness Month, which is funny because they just they really want you to be aware of what you're promoting. So please just think twice before you um, repost things because there's just so many subliminal messages. You know, I have, I have a, a post on the blog about ableism and autism awareness materials that are ableist because even with the best of intentions, with the, with the intent of creating awareness, 
you know, it's just a lot of negative kind of connotations, you know, difficulty doing this, difficulty doing that, has trouble with this. Is the trouble theirs or is the trouble ours? If we as non-autistic and non-disabled people, if we are so, as we think we are, neurologically superior to people with autism, why can't we communicate with them? Why is the onus on them to learn to communicate with us? Why do we only get to set the rules as far as what is acceptable social behavior? Why do we get to demand eye contact? Eye contact only validates the receiver. It's only for the benefit of the receiver. So think about your own insecurities. Why are you so insecure if someone isn't looking at you when they're talking to you? Why are you demanding that they learn to make eye contact? Why would you demand that of your child when we know from autistic people that sometimes it's very painful and brings on anxiety for them to do so? Why do we dismiss their feelings so readily? Well, I don't care. You need to make eye contact. (sighs) 27 more days to go. That's it. Hopefully I make it without my head exploding. Peace out, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast. No parent should have to IEP alone. And with a day in our shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group.
my way.